Welcome back to another episode of the Speech Path Pod. This is your host, Aiden Osborne. In this episode, I am very excited to share a interview with Dr. Adais Rameau, who is an academic laryngologist and the current chief of dysphagia and director of new technologies in the Department of Otolaryngology at Weill Cornell Medical College. She has focused her scientific endeavors on the integration of novel technologies in the diagnosis and treatment of voice and swallowing disorders with the ultimate goal of decreasing cost of care, improving accessibility of specialized health services, and detecting pathologies early. Much of her current focus is on the development of a bedside aspiration acoustic screening tool using artificial neural networks in the recognition of the wet voice, characteristic of patients with severe deglutitive disorders funded by the National Institute on Aging prestigious Beeson Award. She is also a co-investigator on the Voice Data Generation Project of the Bridge to AI Initiative of the NIH Common Fund. Before we begin, a few quick disclosures. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, or opinions of the institutions they represent. The material and information presented here is for general purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Okay, so... Uh, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Remo. Really uh, appreciate your time today talking about this uh, this concept of this uh, this clarifying terminology, which we might have been misusing related to dysphagia versus oral pharyngeal swallow dysfunction. Um, so tell us a little bit about what sparked your interest in clarifying this terminology and where that might have started for you in your career. Sure. So first, thank you so much for the invitation, Aidan. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so this interest actually uh, uh, came from my fellowship time when uh, I was with um, Peter Belavsky at UC Davis in Sacramento. Um, you, uh, Peter, Peter is my mentor, and uh, early on he brought up that there was often a confusion in the literature between uh, the term dysphagia and swallowing dysfunction, and that was very problematic uh, because the tools for measuring each are different. And so... Um, Throughout the year, we started uh, thinking about how to uh, study this, and um, and actually uh, during uh, the World Dysphagia uh, Day event at UC Davis that year, I started presenting on the difference between the two, um, and got some really good feedback. And then I got really busy with starting my new job at Cornell, and it wasn't until uh, the pandemic that I actually found the time to write this up. So that's the history of the idea. Okay. And, you know, and, and like I was telling you before we started recording, I've had some different conversations with people in person online about this, and it, it always kind of comes down to, you know, I understand this difference. It makes sense to me, you know, what the difference between the signs and the symptoms would be um, for the swallowing dysfunction, but why is that distinction important, you know, in terms of our clinical practice and then also for the purposes of research? Sure. So um, I think the distinction is very important because uh, signs and symptoms are very different from each other. Um, in medical school, and I don't know how it is in the uh, speech pathology world, but in medical school, early on, as we're learning um, clinical evaluation, we um, are uh, taught to distinguish between uh, symptoms, which is what the patient will report and is the subjective uh, experience of, you know, having an illness or a dysfunction, and, uh, and signs, which is what uh, the clinician will observe. And, you know, the clinician is not just a physician, it could be a speech pathologist, it could be, uh, you know, um, uh, a respiratory therapist. 
And, and so uh, it's really important to distinguish the two because um, also historically in medicine, there have been different waves where uh, physicians have more, paid more attention to symptoms and other times where they've only focused on signs. And so striking a balance between the two is really important, especially today in, uh, in our efforts to provide precision medicine, patient-centered uh, medicine, and really adapting to the patient's need. It's really important to understand that dysphagia is a symptom and not a sign because there, by doing this distinction, you also recognize that the patient is having their own experience and you're trying to solve you know, the experience that they're, they're having of dysfunction you're not trying to, you know, necessarily just focus on the on the objective part because you you need to really respond to the patient's needs. Yeah, and I think that's it's really interesting because I can I, I'll expose myself a little bit. I know, you know, when I first started my career, when I was learning how to do video fluoroscopy and those kind of things, you know, a patient would come in, eat ten of uh, say twenty out of forty high, and then no physiological impairment at all. And so then writing up, I'd say, you know, functional or pharyngeal swallow, um, or, or at that point I would say, uh, you know, symptomatic dysphagia without impact, without physiological impairment, which looking back on now, kind of cringe because that is not, you know, accurate, but I think we, we learn and we grow. And, and I do think this is a important distinction for the field, but it has been going on for, I think, you know, many years that there has been this type of confusion. Um, then in terms of how this is important for research, in terms of some of the kind of research that you do, where it's, you know, very large scale, how is this uh, implicated and how is this important? Sure. So the, the importance is actually you use uh, different tools um, to assess each for dysphagia, you will use patient-reported outcome measures, for instance, the E10, uh, whereas for uh, swallowing dysfunction, dysfunction or impairment, you will use um, objective clinical evaluation, um, bedside swallow evaluation or uh, modified barium swallow, uh, flexible endoscopic evaluation of swallowing, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so it is very important because you're dealing with two different concepts and with two different concepts, you have different um, tools for measurements. And if you conflate the two, the problem is that you might be using the wrong tool to measure, you know, uh, one aspect of, of reality. And, and, and so that creates, you know, falsity potentially in the literature. And, um, and I think one of the points we brought up in uh, our paper is also that you know, it, we talked about natural language processing. I think today we would say chat GPT or large language models. But in an era where, um, you know, words can now uh, be uh, created by artificial intelligence and collated in a way that um, makes sense to our human intelligence, the problem is that if the data on which the AI is trained on is wrong, then you're going to propagate uh, this uh, misunderstanding or this uh, false a falsity because the the algorithm can just quickly generate content and uh, it looks good, uh, but there might be some underlying mistakes that is very hard to detect, and that will unfortunately take large proportions very quickly. Yeah, and and then kind of the the third point that I had or wanted to ask you about um, when I because I know when I first had read that article that I had requested you had it was available the, some of the examples from some of the different articles about the the misuse. And I think that was very enlightening for myself to see 
in some of the different publications how um, these two terms had been kind of commingled and then how that inaccurate use could really be confusing on either end. Um, so I think that was that was very helpful. So I don't know if that's still out there, if that's still available, if anyone's interested in it, because I think I had just emailed you about that. That was that was very useful for me. Absolutely. So you can just uh, email me if you have any trouble accessing, but we try to make it an open uh, access resource. It's a Google Sheet where you can just see the different articles we explored and some of the mistakes we had noted. Now, in terms of, you know, I think it's one thing like we've established to make this differentiation between swallowing dysfunction and then dysphagia. What kind of issues do you think are out there in terms of the uptake of this or this actual like correct usage? Do you think professional organizations, I know one of the examples you gave was from ASHA. They had even incorrectly used the term dysphagia, um, things like the ICD-10 codes. Uh, I think there, there are those barriers. What do you think we can do to ameliorate some of those? And then also, you know, what would that take? Yeah. So I think that, uh, you know, there's a cultural component here. Um, sometimes, you know, we learn from peers and we accept what uh, or peers say as, you know, the correct nomenclature, but it's important sometimes to step back and reflect on what we're doing and make sure that, you know, our habits as professionals and the culture we inhabit are correct. So um, so I think that, you know, the, the problem, for instance, with the ICD-10 is that that would be very, very hard to change. Um, and the fact that uh, evaluation of swallowing impairment of di- or dysfunction has to be coded with an ICD-10 code that says dysphagia already induces people to think that dysphagia is an all-encompassing term, which it is not. So, um, you know, I think that with effort, we could try to change these things. I think that also there is, you know, the very simple fact that saying swallowing dysfunction is a mouthful, whereas dysphagia is a bit quicker. It also sounds very scientific. So I think that there is also this, you know, sense of authority that might come with using that term. Uh, But sometimes actually using simpler uh, ways of formulating things is also an easier way for us to communicate to outside of our fields. So, um, so I think that, you know, um, working on maybe correcting this in existing clinical notes, uh, in articles, uh, is an important first step. And maybe eventually with, uh, with some of these efforts, we'll see a change also with the ICD-10. Uh, there can be also some policy efforts, but uh, I doubt that people will have the energy to do that. Well, thank you for all of that. Is there anything else that you'd want to add related to this distinction between, you know, dysphagia, oral pharyngeal dysfunction, um, anything that we didn't cover? You know, I think we covered um, a lot of things. This was just, you know, a way for us to uh, bring up uh, an issue that we think is fundamental. Um, maybe there's one uh, one parallel I will draw with uh, another aspect of laryngology, which is hoarseness and dysphonia. And uh, actually, uh, in the evaluation of uh, dysphonia consensus paper that uh, was created by the American Laryngological Association and the American Academy of Otolaryngology, there was a discussion also on the fact that you need to distinguish uh, hoarseness and dysphonia because hoarseness is the experience of the patient, uh, whereas dysphonia is what the specialist will observe. So... Um, so again, you know, we're not the first ones to bring this up. It has been brought up in other fields. Um, so, uh, and again, it's because the tools to measure each is different. We want to make science that represents reality. And if you're using the wrong tool for the wrong concept, then uh, you're basically 
not measuring the right thing. Thank you so much for all of your time. And I'll make sure to uh, link your, your contact information in case anyone is interested in accessing that, that document that has some of the examples from various papers that um, uh, have those uh, examples of the inaccurate use. Great. Thank you so much, Aiden. It was a pleasure to talk to you today. Thanks again to Dr. Ramo for all of her expertise in sharing that with us all here on the podcast. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please direct them to my Instagram at speechpathfacts.